Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. This week, we're going to talk about some E3 stuff, Game Builder Garage, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. But before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at npn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K., Tom Z., Chris K., and Alan K. for their contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quest, where we talk about all kinds of random nonsense outside of the realm of gaming uh, for now. But we'll, who knows, change it up in the future. We'll see what happens. Uh, you also get to check out horror movie yearbooks, Tiny Terrors. And uh, that's always a fun time, too. So be sure to consider the Patreon if you would like. It's pretty cheap. Then you get early access to those side quests. Uh, otherwise, they show up in the normal feed on our off weeks. And as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. So you can subscribe to our tr- Twitch channel using your free Prime subscription that Amazon gives you so graciously to give us money from them that they take from you normally because Prime costs money yearly. So it's like you're kind of paying for it, but not paying for it if you have Prime. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Anyways. It's included with your purchase of Prime. Yeah, it, you, you get one free sub per month with Amazon Prime on Twitch that you can give away to whatever gamer streamer that you want to, or uh, you know some of these these uh, chicks that roll on there in their hot tubs. Yeah, we should do a hot tub stream hey, one of these times. If, if we can get to one hundred patrons, I will buy a hot tub and we will stream from. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. <laughs> oh shit! I might have to start paying for the patron. Shit! If we get fifty, I'll get a hot tub. It's gonna be one of them cheap ass like Walmart ones, but I'm gonna do it. <laughs> We're all gonna get scalded to death. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll make a hot tub out of a barrel. Like, uh, or what was it? It wasn't it like on one of the Will Ferrell skits on SNL where he was in the barrel and, and like him and his, him and his lover were like having hot tub time or that whatever. It was, was a hot tub. It was a it normal was a, hot tub. Yeah. I thought it was like a barrel. No, it, it was a normal like, hot tub. And it was always like Jimmy Fallon would bring whoever was hosting as his date into the hot tub yeah. and it would get real weird <laughs> <laughs> and everybody would break like 30 times. Oh man. <sighs> Anyways. Yeah, Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes, the Horror Movie Yearbook Boys just talked about Jaws a couple weeks ago, uh, and there was a new um, multimedium about Jurassic Park, so it's kind of a double dose of uh, Steven Spielberg for those who who would like to check those out. Um, and, of course, there's a tiny tear out as well about the rest of the the movies coming out in 2021 and some ghost stories from Scotland that I believe were written in my friend of the show, Alan. So please go check that out. Um, and then, of course, Midwest Film Nerds was back this past week with an episode about A Quiet Place Part 2. Uh, Tim and I Tim and I talked about that movie. And, uh, and it was a good discussion. So please go check that out. Check out all of our stuff, MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Uh, we'd appreciate it very much. Do it. Do it. Anyways, um... Brian says he's been playing a lot of stuff, but one thing that all three of us have played l- recently is uh, Disco Elysium. Yes. Correct. Let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, I had a roughly 20-minute playthrough and beat it. It was awesome. I can beat uh-huh. you there. I had a roughly three-minute playthrough. 
Yeah, but I don't know if yours was like, did you win anything other than the sweet kiss of death? Uh, I don't think so. All I know, I is didn't win was, anything either. I just lost my job. <laughs> I was gonna say it was a it was a fail state by the game. I guess it was an ending that you could get, uh, because uh, you know, I, I think Brian talked a little bit about it last last time. But like, you are building a character, and I selected stats in a way that like my character was like smart and empathetic, but also like not fit or agile in any way. <laughs> and that of course gave me one health. And so <laughs> at the beginning of the game when your character wakes up out of some form of drunken stupor, uh you can you're basically trying to find your clothes and one of the one of the skill checks is to try and pull your uh pull your your necktie down from a spinning fan. And you can pull the cord to make the fan stop spinning and increase your chances of getting the tie. That would make sense. Which is what I did, but then apparently I failed the skill check when I went to reach for the tie because my character had a heart attack and died. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my first playthrough of Disco Elysium. <laughs> and really basically the second, third, and fourth as I figured out what was wrong. Because <laughs> I didn't realize that like the way I was making the character was giving me one health and that it was really easy to lose one health early on in the game. Man. Um, so I adjusted a little bit and made it so that I actually had two health. <laughs> and then I could survive a little bit more. But, um, yeah. I, I feel like the fact that that can happen so early in the game is like they're like kind of nod to the old Sierra Online uh, point-and-click adventures where you could fail doing like just about anything. Yeah, no, I mean, I was genuinely surprised. I I didn't know that that was so going to be a possibility. I heard about it, <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was pretty perfect because like I texted Nick and and was like, yeah, this is how I think I'm going to set up my character, and then I spent probably like 15 minutes reading all of the traits that you could select as like your specialization trait. I don't know what it was actually called in the game. And I was picking between, like, the visual calculus one and the one that's just called empathy. And I was like, I'm going to click the empathy one, because that sounds like me. Mm-hmm. But I spent all this time, like, considering how to build my character and then picking a skill. And then I died three minutes in and had to set up the character all over again. <laughs> like, I didn't even, I didn't save when he woke up or anything, so it's not like I could reload it. Because you didn't do anything. You got out of bed, tried to get your necktie, and died. <laughs> it seems like it would autosave right at the start. But. Yeah, yeah, maybe, and maybe there was an auto save that I missed or something. I don't know. I, I think I, or the game was like, this guy's not gonna want to keep playing this yeah. guy over it's and like, over. If, if you can't figure out how to get dressed in the morning, maybe you shouldn't <laughs> be playing this game. They were telegraphing the fact that the character build that I made is probably like extreme hard mode or something. <laughs> so, yeah, it's anyway. like when you roll the character in Bloodborne with one for every stat. Pretty much. Except, I mean, yeah. you had other stats that were better. It, it was like one on everything except luck was at 10, which is basically useless. So, anyway, John, how did your first... You said you you uh, you, you lost your job. You quit the job of... Yeah, like, I basically... Uh, I couldn't figure out if I was actually a cop was part <laughs> of it. Like, he, he was like, I don't know what I am or whatever. And, like, the other detective guy that you meet up with early on in the game was basically like... You know, he he kind of makes it like, oh, you are a police officer, like detective, like for this other district, like I'm just here to help you or whatever, blah blah blah. But then my character, um, 
just got to a point where he was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And then, like, all of my dialogue options were like, I quit, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? (laughs) So then I just, like, clicked one of them. And it was was like, you know, he, like, says his bit of dialogue and, and... the other guy is like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And then it's just like game over. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, it was great. No, it's it's beautiful. And, I, you know, I think um, you know, it, it sounds like uh, Nick wants to talk with us about it. And eventually we'll do like kind of a deeper spoiler cast and hopefully talk about fuller playthroughs of the game. Yeah, I mean, I would. Time. I definitely need to play it again. Like, <laughs> I, I want I, I need to get at least a few hours into it because like 20 yeah. something minutes is not like. Not really what I was looking for. Um, I'm, I'm sorry that, you know, I've put like probably six to eight hours in and haven't hit a game over screen yet. Because otherwise <laughs> no, I mean, we could talk about it if I had finished it by now. No, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, like, it's interesting. Like, what sort of character build did you have, I suppose, that has allowed you to make it this far? Um, I kind of did it like at most games. Is I, I went pretty well-rounded, but just picked like, one or two stats to have more points in it. Well, the interesting thing to me about this game is that, like, I feel like with the way that you were playing it, John, like, because it is very much a role-playing game, I feel like in games where there are opportunities for me to make sure that I'm being consistent with myself and my thinking, or at least what I feel the character thinks, um, it would be easy to continue to, like, drill down into something. Like the idea of like, am I am I a cop? I don't know. And so like, it feels like with this game because it's so cerebral, literally, like your there are parts of your personality and your brain having dialogue with each other in this game and causing skill checks in this game. Like, I feel like it would be easy for you to drill down into an idea that ultimately ends up in like, I guess I'm not a cop, <laughs> and I quit. Right. Instead of like, you know, this game seems to be wanting a little bit more of like a, you have this inner monologue that's like, I shouldn't be a cop. But like, if you don't let that out into the actual world, then it doesn't have the effect of like, oh, I quit and the game over. Right. Right. Like, it'd be very real for any one of us to be like in our job and be like, I shouldn't be doing this. Why am I doing this today? And then you'd be like, Oh, there's the part of my brain that could just say I quit and walk out. And that's what happened to your character. So I think it's cool that the game kind of like literally the, the, the functions of like showing the dialogue of the parts of your brain that are figuring out what's going on right now or reasoning things out seems to have a real like, meaning to it in this game and they've thought of that by giving you multiple outs and maybe like if you make it through enough of it to where brian is maybe there's fewer exit ramps at that point i don't well, know well <laughs> you've made it you know basically nowhere and yes i could tell you <laughs> <laughs> even you know less than an hour in you stumble upon another mechanic of the game where like when you get a thought like when you have an internal dialogue with yourself about something important, like, like, am I really a cop? Do I not have a home? Maybe I live on the street. And then you can internalize the idea, hobo cop. It's basically yeah. a perk. And then it you work toward basically that becoming 
like a permanent part of what they call your thought locker. Hmm. So you can internalize that thought and then you work on it. Basically you just get more experience and then it becomes like a real, a fully realized thought in your brain. It sticks. So then you are, you have the hobo cop perk basically Mm -hmm. in your, your thought locker. And, uh, that that's like the other aspect of this that you guys haven't really discovered yet. (laughs) And, uh, so yeah, you're basically, I mean, I have, I think four of those so far Okay. and you can get like, I don't know, I think at least a dozen or so you have to unlock more slots for them and stuff. Like I, I filled up my slots. So now when I level up and you know how you can like, well, maybe you don't know when you level up, you can, uh, just add, like extra points to the various things that you rolled at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also like unlock another slot in the thought locker, or you can f- choose to forget one of your old thoughts. Like maybe you don't really like the idea of being a hobo cop. So you can just nix that. So it's not in the way of any of your progression. Um, but yeah, that's pretty cool. And I don't think I had, fully understood that aspect of the game the last time that we had talked about it either. Makes sense. Um, Yeah, I haven't failed yet, and I basically attribute that to my real-life experiences of surviving, like, day-to-day experiences while being a drunk. So I think... (laughs) I'm not drunk every day, but I'm just saying. I feel like I'm good enough at it to where I think those experiences have helped me in game and made it so I've survived without any game over screens so far. Maybe this game has inspired a new round of method gamers that, uh, you know, if you're a drunk in the game, you get drunk to play the game. The, the Midwest game nerds and myself do not condone this behavior. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> It's a personal choice. (laughs) I've definitely done my share of stupid things in the game that I thought were going to result in the game over screen, and it it did not happen. I just lost a lot of health. It's (laughs) it's just, like, you know, going back to, like, the thought locker thing, like, just the idea that you can, like, dig into a set of dialogue so much, like a a personality of dialogue to the point where it, it, like, basically just triggers, like, this... You know, like you said, like the the memory or the like the thought and like puts it in the thought locker. Like the idea that you could just go down that rabbit hole and like pound in this like I don't know, I don't know how to like, concept. Just, like, yeah, it's just it's like it's cool to have a game that does that. Like it's it's just so into itself that it's it, it it's just different. I feel like I've never played anything like this. You know, I've I've played a handful of point and click adventures in my day, but like nothing like this. Like. It feels like if your DM made character creation part of the narrative, almost, you mm-hmm. know? Well, I mean, in all reality, like, in a true D&D setting, and if you have a good DM, like, they would be doing that. Like, they would yeah. take the character creation part. It like, like, so, for instance, my current DM group just finished, like, we're done with the characters we've been playing for the past how many years? And we're going to start playing five, 5e, 5th edition D&D. Mm-hmm. So we're all rolling new characters and the DM wants to sit down individually with each of us to like figure out what our character is, what kind of history it's going to have, uh, how it's going to progress forward, yada, yada. 
Um, and a lot of the new D and D fifth edition stuff is is very much like there are there are like subclasses and things to like the types of you know class that you are, which is really cool. Um, it's just more in depth, and so like it, it allows for more of that role playing aspect and more of like the dungeon master like playing a role in your character's like actual story arc. It tries to like do that, so that's cool. Yeah, it, it it'll be really fun to play that like get into fifth edition uh and I'll probably speak more to that like in in uh, side quests in the future but it's it's just interesting to play a, a video game like this that allows you to continuously dig into a particular like archetype of person and just and play that out and it's have cool. it impact your gameplay right yeah and it impacts yeah. it directly to the point where like you're fucking reaching for a necktie and dying because <laughs> you've created a character that's such a fucking lazy, unhealthy piece of shit. That reaching for real. A, I mean, reaching you know. for a necktie gives him a fucking heart attack. I mean, like, to be fair, you could have gotten unlucky too because I've I've lost rolls multiple times that were almost eighty percent chance to succeed. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I was looking at like a seventy seventy five percent chance of grabbing this necktie, but I didn't think that like. The twenty five percent chance meant death. I thought. I mean, it meant what, like, what oh, is maybe what is real life? The necktie. What is real life other than a series of dice rolls? You know, like <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> you could you could try to get out of bed in the morning and trip and hit your face against the wall. You just rolled a one on your d twenty. You know what I mean? Like it's it's all that is is like I mean is, that is life. You know, like you could choose to like walk out your back door and trip off the step or like you know run into a post while looking down at your phone or something. You know what I mean? Like it's all. We're gambling with everything we do, and this is just a video game that literally throws that in our faces. Very you could true. go to sleep at night with all your windows closed and have it wake up smelling like skunk. <laughs> that also is true. <sighs> <laughs> More on that later. <laughs> That's your Too tease. soon. <laughs> tease to, if you want to hear that right now, subscribe to Patreon and listen to this week's side quests. <laughs> there you go. Anyway. Um, that's enough about disco for now. I think we'll talk about it more with uh, with yeah. Nick when we get a chance. In to depth. Do so. Cool. What else, uh, Brian? What else have you been playing that you want to talk about? A little bit of a lot of things. I'll just such, name such off as? some things and not say much about them because I've played these games multiple times, anyways. For whatever reason, I decided to play a bit of Call of Duty: Modern Warfare right after I think I was talking shit about it the last time <laughs> we recorded. <laughs> nice. Um. Some more Apex Legends. I love that new arena mode still. They have a map in the rotation for Battle Royale this month, or this season, though, that is terrible, though. And that's kind of ruining my experience of that, because I hate that map. That's The other map in rotation is awesome, but, uh, yeah. Um, Hell Let Loose, always a blast with the guys. Uh... I kind of wish you guys would get into that, actually, but, I mean, I know your time's pretty limited to learn how to play in-depth FPS games, <laughs> competitive ones. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, some more Forza Horizon 4, and literally, as I was playing it with Jim, I was saying, you know, I don't think we're going to see another one of these games for, uh, like, <laughs> until at least next year. And then I think the E3 announcement was, like, the day after, <laughs> uh, about 5, so that's cool. Um, another game I think I was talking shit about and said I wasn't going to buy was Borderlands 3. 
Mm-hmm. And I bought it anyways because it was like $10. I think you were and at least contemplating buying it. It wasn't, uh, I'm not going to buy it. We, we were talking didn't about I the Didn't I give you a copy of that? It didn't work. It probably what? would now, actually, but I forgot about it. I needed what? an AMD processor installed for it to... It scanned oh, my computer. Gotcha. Well. Um, and a tiny bit of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I also said I wasn't going to buy, because that was nice. only $5. Nice. So, sounds like you bought a lot of stuff. Just two games. $15 worth of games on the, wasn't the, during the, the Epic Steam, sale. Steam Summer Sale is coming up, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. At some oh, point. No Man's Sky as well. Multiplayer. And that game looks really nice now. The last graphical update they did to it is cool. But if I run it on Ultra, it actually crashes in about 5 to 10 minutes. Wow. Which is annoying. I think it uses too much uh, uh, RAM. Uh, well, it's GPU, got, uh, RAM, whatever. It's got DLSS V-RAM. now. So you can, uh, you can render that Ultra at like 1080p and ramp it up to 1440 now, that wasn't the issue. It was the textures. Mm. Um, well, if you render I, it at 1080. I did run it at a, with DLSS on, I believe. It was nice. And I tried Rainbow Six with DLSS as well, and that worked very nicely. Did you get 700 frames per second? Probably. I need to benchmark it again. Because <laughs> uh, like, it already runs normally for me over 140, I think. Yeah. And it like it just felt more fluid to me. Like I mean, supposedly it makes a difference if it's running consistently fast and doesn't dip down. Supposedly it can help you with your feel, your reaction time. Hmm. But I don't know. It's probably all in my head. Maybe that's Sweet. it. Cool. Um, what else? I played something else too. I played that game Backbone. That's uh, it's free on Game Pass. Yeah, it's that like looks a side. Cool. It's like a side scroller where you're playing a like raccoon detective. It was a, uh, I didn't get very far before it like screwed up on me, and I don't know if it's just if maybe I messed up and and like I, I I don't know if I messed up like a story point or something like that, and like I couldn't progress or if the game itself was messed up and was just not allowing me to progress. But um, it's pretty cool. I like the art style. Um, it's just another kind of like side scrolling point and click, interesting enough to uh, to play. So I played that, and then uh, what else did I play? I don't think I played anything else other than Game Builder. Um, so yeah, what about you, Alex? I played some Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which um, has supposedly been somewhat confirmed that they were going for Ripped Apart, uh, which is pretty good, since those <laughs> games used to have pretty cheeky <laughs> names to them, like Up Your Arsenal and uh, Quest for Booty. And uh, and things of that nature. But anyway, uh, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart is the PlayStation 5 exclusive uh, latest entry in the Ratchet & Clank genre, which is a third-person action game. Um, and the main... Uh, the main gameplay of the uh, of the game is that you get all kinds of different weapons. Things that are like bombs that you're throwing, or like... There's one that's called the Topiary Sprinkler, which shoots water at enemies and makes them grow into plants and like freeze into place so that you can hit them with a bunch of damage from your other weapons. 
And um, there's one gun called the Ricochet, which is one of my favorites, where it fires a shot and then you can keep pressing R2 to make it continue to ricochet into the character that you shot it at. Um, So the creativity with the weapons is probably the main attraction for this game. Um, but it's very much like the other Ratchet and Clank games. And for anybody who hasn't played the 2016, I think it is, version of the game, the kind of reboot of the series for PlayStation 4, you can probably find it for pretty cheap. And it's really worth checking out because it's very charming and it looks gorgeous on like a PlayStation 4 Pro. Even better on a PS5 from what I hear with fast load times and stuff. Um, and Rift Apart is more of that, which, um, you know, I, I think the Ratchet and Clank games are great. I was never a huge fan up until I played that PS4 one, um, but it's kind of just fun to go and use some really inventive weapons and beat the crap out of bad guys, and, you know, there's, like, uh, sometimes there's like quests where you go and gather things for different characters or, you know, you can hunt and find the golden bolts that they have hidden throughout the level and stuff like that. So it's just, uh, it's a good time. And I think it's from what I've heard, it's like 12 hours long and maybe like 30 way, 30% of the way through it. Um, and I'm excited to continue playing more, but it really like my, my time has mostly been contributed to game builder garage which i know john has also played yes which is um it's it's a game for the switch by nintendo that is literally a game that teaches you how to program video games it is game builder garage it's kind of similar to like the mario maker game but it goes further in depth and they've like made this visual programming system that um, allows you to make a bunch of different kinds of games. And the game itself, I think, is $29.99. It includes lessons on how to make six or seven different kinds of games. One of which is like a tag game. Another is like a um, racing game. There's a game that lets you tilt the Switch to kind of do like a marble labyrinth type thing. Um, And the final one is called Super Person World because you're just making a Super Mario type game with the person character that they have in the game. Um, So I'm still working on that final one. John, how far did you get with the game? I got all the way through the marble rolling one. um, And I was using it with the Pro Controller, which does also implement the um, Mm. rotational axes in the controller, which is really cool. Um, yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is awesome. It's one of the coolest things. Like, it, you could see Nintendo kind of going down this route when they did the, uh, like the cardboard stuff. Yeah, the Labo games where you could yeah. program stuff for them. Yeah. Right. And so they had that. Obviously, they had Mario Maker. Mario Maker 2 is sweet. Um, this is like, it's just cool to think that, like, oh, I can sit down with my Switch and, like, make games now. And then, like, mm-hmm. you start doing the lessons and you're like, oh, man, I'm learning how to, like, program games. And then, like, things start getting more and more complicated. And you're just like, oh, my God, like, this is ridiculous. My brain can't wrap around this kind of crap. <laughs> and then, like, you think about a game like, you know, hollering back to Disco Elysium. Like, think about if that game had a visual <laughs> programming language that you were looking at, like a graphical interface in which you yeah. were setting up all of the decision making and, like, the responses of, like... Uh, you know, this dialogue tree and that dialogue tree. If you start to like think about what the back end of that game looks like, your brain will fucking explode. Yeah. Because what you don't realize 
as a gamer is really how much work goes into making a game. Like, and this this program, game, however you want to look at it, this <laughs> interface is showing you literally the fucking bare necessities of what it takes <laughs> to make a video game. And even that alone is mind-blowing when you start picking it all apart and learning how to do the things. Yeah, no, like, I think by the time I was getting to where you you were at, there's just, like, the complexity starts to build out in such a way that I'm like, I don't know that I can think in this space of how to be creative. Like, it's a whole different version of creative, and it's it's really incredible to, as you said, like, think about games that you know and how any of it gets programmed at all, like... It makes you realize how those gigantic teams of people are necessary in order to make a game like a Ratchet and Clank or an Assassin's Creed or something like that. Like Absolutely. Um so I certainly appreciate it from that. I haven't tried to like make much myself yet because I kinda wanted to get through all the lessons. Um and they do a good job of showing you what all the different uh kind of functions of the programming language do. They also give you a um, like a glossary of them that you can pull up at any time to kind of understand more about how they work and and uh, at least what they intended them to work for. But like, I'm interested because there's a way that you can go through and start like downloading other people's games that have been put up to be played. I haven't tried to do any of that yet, so I kind of want to see what some other people have invented and how they've done it. I'm curious if it lets you do the Mario type thing where you can download it and look at the code and like the, like you could change it yourself or any of that stuff. I don't know if they let you do that or not. Um, but I would like to see, cause it just feels like there's, uh, you know, like something like dreams for the PlayStation four is just so incredibly complex that like the simplification that Nintendo has done here, I feel like is a really good gateway into like, here's how to think about this stuff. But then the fact that like by the end of it, when I'm programming the super person world thing, I'm just kind of like, I would never think to do all this shit. Like how, how do I, I don't even like, you have to use these hinge connectors with slide connectors in order to make a thing that just like literally spins around and can kill your character if you walk into it. Like it's incredibly complex and it's really cool and it's extremely intimidating. So I, you know, I'm interested to see what more people do. The other cool thing that I forgot to mention is that if you're playing in docked mode, you can use a mouse with it, which I think is really, really nice. It's nice to kind of sit down and use some of the programming interface with the mouse rather than with the controller. Um, just because it feels a little bit more natural that way. But I think... Have you been using touch controls too, John, or no? No, I've I've only been using the pro controller. Okay. So you use, like, the right stick as, like, a pointer, right? To, like... Yeah, yeah. Go, okay. So, yeah. I think there's plenty of ways to play with it and kind of figure out what works for you individually. But... Um, it's just really cool because it's giving you literally all of the capabilities of like programming on the switch, like what the switch is capable of doing. Like you get to mess with that and like, that's really cool. Yeah. There's like stuff that you can make it use the IR camera that none of the games use anymore. Um, it, it allows like a first person perspective and everything there. Mm-hmm. There's a guy who made like a doom clone. That's like right. super fast paced first person shooter. Like, it's crazy to think of what this is capable of. And like, 
the only thing I'm like interested, like I, they're not the only thing I'm interested in, but the, the one of the things like I, I want to know more about is like w- how elaborate the asset creation is, mm-hmm. because I think you can make your own 2D sprites and things like that. I don't know how in depth it gets with like 3D modeling and stuff like that. But like there's like there's you can do there's a guy who made like a Sonic clone like online where and he made his own 2D Already? sprite Sonic running through a 3D world which was kind of cool <laughs> and like these sorts of things like it's just I, I just want to know like wh- how in depth all of that asset creation gets because like if, if it's something where like maybe I can take stuff and like draw things on my iPad and then save them to my iCloud and then put them on an SD card and then throw them in the switch and be able to pull up assets. I create by hand on another surface and throw them into this to be able to make like much cooler looking things. I don't know. Like it's just, I want to know more about that, but in general game builder garage, if anybody is interested in gaming or like making video games and you have a switch, like I think this is a, a no brainer to just, just to understand even just to learn how it feels to like be on the the backside of game creation and to like see the interface and like just again like what we see in this graphical user interface is nowhere near like what anybody's doing in like unity or uh any of the other engines go to go to and like some of it is like similar but not quite like those 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 engines do have visual components Mm -hmm. to them at some in some instances but nothing as like I, nothing that I think is as clean and polished as looking as this is like it's still very um, primitive I would suppose I suppose you could say Th- this is like a very clean organized interface and I really like how all of the different they're called nodons right mm-hmm. yep they they're the like Nintendo created this cute little character set of like each sort of thing you can do if you're if you're doing a 2D side scroller and you're teaching a character or you're, you're programming a character to move left and right, there's a nodon that controls the left and right aspect of the stick and you bring him in and he's like the little character head is at the top of the nodon in the in the graphical user interface. And like it's just this, they all make funny little noises and like mm-hmm. the funniest ones are like when you have the evil looking ones that are performing like a destructive action or something and they're all just like grumbly little monsters <laughs> like. The, yeah. They did a really good job putting this together and like making it cool for like kids. Like I feel like kids would be really into this. Like we, you know, we were saying to to Carrie that like hey, Zoe might like this. Like she, mm-hmm. you know, maybe check this out. And uh, like I think any little kid who's interested in video games, you know, all these kids who play Minecraft and they're like building and doing things and programming in Minecraft. Like they teach that kind of shit in school now for kids, which is crazy to think about. Like you can go to school and play Minecraft. Like what yeah. the fuck? Like, why didn't we have that? We were stuck with <laughs> Oregon trail, you know, <laughs> Brian was stuck with Mancala, like the actual stones and like a board <laughs> to put them in. And like, it, it would just be amazing to see like what these little kids will end up doing with this program like i would love to see especially kids that i know like i know you know carrie and zoe like i know zoe really well it'd be really cool to see what she's capable of doing in this program yeah uh, you know and let her imagination kind of like just run wild after she learns the whole aspect of the programming language so it's gotta it's be cool. cooler than fortnite too i mean a lot of things are cooler than fortnite so <laughs> agreed Very true. yeah it's cool it's 30 bucks totally worth it check it out
Absolutely. Check it out. All right. Let's talk about E3. Yes. It's E3 time. Um, Is there still other shit happening? Well, there's, I mean, Jeff Keighley's like the main bulk of it's like, like done. I think E3 itself is over. I think it was only like a week or weekend, basically. Yeah. Um, but the Jeff Keighley still has his summer games, games fest stuff going on. So I think there's more to come throughout the summer, but I think a lot of people concentrated stuff around this time frame too, because of E3. Um, so I like I basically asked John and Brian to give me a list of like three things that they were excited for and one kind of disappointment. Um and so I think we should just kind of go through and talk about the stuff that we were particularly excited for. And uh Brian, why don't you start with one? Um well, I got the idea that I should cheat from John and just say like the whole Microsoft conference basically <laughs> because they killed it this year. And I'm super excited for, especially for all of the games I will get to play through Game Pass and save myself a boatload of money. Um, yeah. I think I think that's like a huge that says a lot because of the fact that like you've built this sweet PC and you sat here being like I'm not buying consoles anytime soon, and you watched that whole conference for Microsoft and you came out of it like I need to get an Xbox. <laughs> well, and like I, the thing is i felt the same way i was i it, it ended like i watched the whole like hour and a half two hour thing that they did and it got done and i'm like fuck i should buy an xbox well, like I, it literally it yeah. worked like whatever they were doing subliminally worked 100 percent. and I, like i told alex because he was like maybe like all right get an xbox blah blah or something like that and i was like get me one too like <laughs> we were talking about the tune there was a demo for tunic that is was exclusive yeah, yeah. to xbox through today and uh, <laughs> is not available elsewhere. And I was like, well, I guess I got to spend $500 to play Tunic, but so, I, I didn't end up doing that. So here's the thing. I'm, I believe last year, probably around E3, when there wasn't one, but sometime last year, <laughs> and, and after I had sold all of my consoles, I was like, you know what? All the good Xbox games are coming to PC. Mm-hmm. And that was back when I had a really shitty TV. And now I have a really nice TV, <laughs> and I, d- I have a really nice computer, and yeah, a lot of the games I want to play are coming to Game Pass for PC and for Xbox, but now I'm just thinking like, well, wait a minute, wouldn't it be nice to just sometimes sit in the living room and play these games on the TV and then have all of my progress just transfer over to my PC version? Yeah, yeah. that would be really nice, and you know what? Dropping money on an Xbox doesn't seem so bad when I'm saving hundreds of dollars on not buying these games because I got Game Pass for super cheap for like a whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess if I can cheat further, some of the highlights in the Microsoft conference were <laughs> Starfield is finally announced. Awesome. Forza Horizon 5, which I didn't realize was even coming out this year, has a date already for this year. Awesome. Um, and the rest were like pretty expected. Yeah. I'm still excited about age of empires Four. actually halo looks way cooler than I expected it to. Looks like they really did a lot with the extra development time that they've had. That was a good, good call to, uh, delay it. Cause I mean, honestly, nobody really needed like a system selling game last year because everybody wanted systems and there weren't enough of them anyways. So true. 
so good that that's not true for this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, wait, it is still true. Yeah. But I'm hoping by the holidays, production will have ramped up to a reasonable level. But who knows? And plus, now people are actually going outside and doing shit. So that helps. Um, Outside of that one thing that I liked of my three things, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Battlefield 2042 was pretty awesome looking yeah. like I, I haven't been excited for a battlefield in quite a while um this one just looks great i feel like they're taking all of the best parts of battlefield games like the ridiculous carnage and just silliness that can happen and all the cool like weapons they- and upgradables and the scale and all that destructibility they're just like turning everything to 11 and Plus, there's going to be 128 players in a match, as opposed to the usual 64. They um, finally included the, like, jump out of an airplane, shoot a rocket, and then get back into the airplane into, like, the actual trailer of a Battlefield game, which was mostly just, like, a meme that people would try to do in these games, but it's, like, they're centering that as a feature. Exactly. <laughs> the game. Yeah. There was the, did you, did you see the reaction video of the guy who originally did that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he was watching the trailer and they did it in the trailer? Like the dude lost his fucking mind. Oh like, yeah. Absolutely. The thing he did that's so that he's famous for is now like, it, I mean, though they're doing him some justice there. That's pretty great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, jumping the the quad bike into the uh, helicopter and and like bailing out of it was a pretty awesome touch too. I haven't seen anybody do that really since like Bad Company Two. I'm sure it's possible in some of the newer ones, but it's very unlikely. Uh, yeah. And then the other one I would say game wise, um, Elden Ring looks really interesting. Like. It looks like it's going to have kind of the absurd, like, giant bosses of, uh, like, a Dark Souls game, but have the more openness of some other games. Um, It's got a cool dark fantasy thing going on, I believe. Wasn't it um, written, at least in part, story-wise, by... uh, George R. R. Martin. Yeah, him. That guy. Yeah, and a long line of starting things that he does never intend to finish. Uh, yeah, George so, R. R. Martin did some lore for this game, I believe. So some, lo- so he did like the the grimoire cards, and then somebody <laughs> else actually wrote the story. I don't know. That's what I assume. I would think Miyazaki probably was like really the heavy on that stuff and his team, but uh, you know, well, yeah, I feel like he's they cool threw too. George R. R. Martin like a couple thousand dollars. Or like, hey, uh, we want to put your name on this game. He was like, cool. What if it had swords? And they were like, well, it already has swords. And he was like, all right, what if there were horses too? And they're like, well, we we're going to have horses. But yeah, I guess you can ride them in this one. Um, I don't know. I'm just making it up now. Well, what about but- White Walkers? Oh, wait, shit. <laughs> wrong story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. So, Brian, that was three things. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what, <laughs> what were you most disappointed in? I guess, um, see, I did. I thought this game looked not really as good as it should look. I didn't think it looked as terrible as you guys thought it did. But the Guardians of the Galaxy game, it made me angry after the fact because I just don't think they need these stupid Marvel cash-in games 
especially uh Eidos Montreal like they should be making uh you know a new Deus Ex game instead yes the because I want to know what happens with the rest of that story the very popular Deus Ex games that uh, make them lots of money well they probably <laughs> released them at bad times and I don't know what to say people don't like good games I guess Man, if there can you imagine a world where there was like a Deus Ex game to kind of pick up the disappointment of Cyberpunk for so many people? <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, like they could have like if they were like, "Hey, there's a new Deus Ex coming out this fall and you can do everything that you thought you can do in Cyberpunk." <laughs> it would have been like I feel like there would have been a lot of like previously butthurt gamers that would have been like, "Oh yeah, all oh. right. Another <laughs> another game to get hyped about and then that probably won't deliver." <laughs> I mean, you could go back and play the last couple and probably feel satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Although the, the the oldest of the two definitely hasn't aged well graphically, but uh, I'm sure there's well, mods for that. To get back on the Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, like, I'm not particularly excited that this game exists. I'm probably, like, one of the bigger Marvel fans here, um, but, like... It's just, it feels like a, a pretty big cash in. Like when they were do, they showed a gameplay demo, and like the first thing that they run into in this gameplay demo is literally just like a cube that Peter Quill is shooting at. And it's like, like, what is this enemy design? And like, why? Like, none of it felt particularly special. And like, there's something weirdly slow about the action with it. And I don't know. It's not, it's just not what I want. And, uh, and I'm probably not going to pick it up. Unless, like, everybody I know picks it up and is like, it's pretty sweet. And then I'll be like, okay, I'll buy it when it's $10 on Gamefly <laughs> used, like I did with the Avengers game. I'm just going to put this in the wait and see category. And it's probably also going to be something I won't play until it's heavily discounted. Yeah, that's fair. All right, well, John, uh, Brian stole all your stuff. Having stolen all of my stuff, I picked out some new things. <laughs> oh, nice. oh, okay. Um, first and foremost, that I want to say, uh, I am really excited that Square is going to redo the first six Final Fantasy games, <laughs> and it looks mm. like they're probably going to redo them with the Final Fantasy VII engine, which is pretty cool. Well, I don't know about that. Is this the pixel perfect thing? Oh no, you're talking about the uh, the. Uh, what is no, it called? I'm, I'm talking about like they've got the origin game, Stranger of Paradise, which yes. is literally the first Final Fantasy game that was on NES being reimagined as an action RPG. But they have plans to actually like remaster all six of the first Final Fantasy games. And I'm hoping if it's if if I hope they kind of go down this same road with this Origins one and do like a nice fancy f- badass like 3D version. Um that's really cool. I'm into that. Uh, I also wanted to say that I'm surprised Brian didn't mention it, but um, I also I need to reinstall Microsoft Flight Simulator and actually play it for once, mm. but they're getting a Top Gun uh, expansion, <laughs> which was sick because it played the fucking Top Gun theme. <laughs> I missed that and, uh, part of the, the, the reel, actually. That's yeah, awesome. no, they're getting like a legit, like it's, it's tied in with the new Top Gun movie that's coming out. That's they're doing a, cool. a Microsoft Flight Simulator Top Gun. Um, so that's super a, exciting. Uh, is there a, 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 a volleyball mini game where you can play with Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer? Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, yeah. And Val Kilmer. Yeah. <laughs> is there an ejection seat 
simulator to oh no, <laughs> no it's like uh it's it's like in that hot what was it uh was it hot shots was the parody of top gun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the like the scene where he like cooks an egg on her stomach or whatever because there's it's so hot <laughs> i don't think i've ever seen that, that movie. <laughs> i don't remember that part oh yeah you should watch that it's it sounds great. pretty good that's 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 like when charlie sheen wasn't fucking crazy <laughs> yeah well he was probably hopped up on tons of cocaine but like that's a whole different story yeah. he, he um, was like a closeted crazy instead of just out there yeah yeah um and then the thing that i'm most excited about uh is the xbox mini fridge i'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> i kind of need to have that i've been talking about it for years now that i need a mini fridge in my office and the fact that i can get one that looks like the xbox series x i kind of want it i kind of want it really bad <laughs> I think I'm going to have to get it. It comes out in like December, I think. Yeah. The ho- um, holiday 2021 is what. Yeah. So I'll be looking for it for Christmas. It'll be on my Christmas list on Amazon. If anybody wants to peruse that, let me know. I'll send you the list. See, um, I feel like if but you I get really that, just want this mini fridge, if you get the mini fridge, you should just get the Series X as well. So that way they oh, I've can been looking for other. one online right now for like the past 20 minutes. I've been trying to find a Series X that I can just click. Yeah, buy good luck. <laughs> you can find an uh, S, but not an X. Why would I want the S? I want all the power. Yeah. I want it to match my mini fridge that I'm looking forward to. I mean, it'd to. probably just be like your PC. You'll get it and you'll like be like, hey, does anyone want to buy one for $1,000? Yeah, but it'll have it at least, you know? Um. Yeah, anyways, a couple other things I'm excited <laughs> about. Uh, I'd like to play Grounded for once. They got a new big update coming out called the Shroom and Doom update. It looks cool. Um, I would I wanna, try it again. Uh, I feel like I kind of need to get back into Fallout 76 uh, just because they've got a new thing coming out, too. Um, I forgot all about this game, Atomic Heart, that was announced in the Microsoft conference. It's a Bioshock-looking thing with uh, telekinetic powers and robots and mutants. And it's uh, it was being I think it's being made by a Russian developer, and it just looks really fucking cool, like really cool. Um, so I'm interested in that too. And then I found out Far Cry Six has a wiener dog companion, so I obviously have to buy Far Cry Six. Yeah, I'll be um, buying it too. And I swear to God, if anything touches that dog, I'll murder the whole fucking world. Mm-hmm. And then delete um, the game. Yep, del- rage delete the game. That's uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I was gonna say like, what do we want to do? We want to like um. Uh, what do we want to like deem is it is it garbage of the galaxy or guardians of the garbage like what is the title we're gonna stick with when we talk about this pile of shit uh i'm that okay nobody asked for not talking about that's fine too. This. <laughs> just throw it out with the garbage yeah it's nobody uh, cares about it nobody wanted it i do want to play uh i want to play avengers now because um black, black panther's Panther. coming out yeah and that looks sweet um, and then in, just in terms of like like broad disappointment, like I don't know what it was about this year other than it's a weird year because of everything that's gone on in the past, like whatever, 18 months. But like, I just feel like the coverage of this was weird and like things were kind of all over the place and totally unorganized. And I just maybe I just didn't have enough time to keep up with everything. So it, a lot of it was getting lost, but I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm slightly disappointed in the way it all panned out. 
even like the Nintendo Direct, like this time around, was not. I couldn't catch it, so I didn't even get to watch it. And I'm kind of bummed about that. Yeah, like it's. Uh, it was hard. It was hard to really like. There's something to be said about the idea that like Ubisoft is vying to make sure that their game gets into the Microsoft presser so that it can be permitted. Like, you know, they, they were getting away from the point where like the third parties were, were trying to be represented at the big showcases because now everybody has a showcase of their own and it's just exponentially grown from like three press conferences to like, 45 in the time of like a week and so i th- I feel like it's just so much harder to grapple with all of the the deluge of news coming right because it it all used to come from like one place and now it's like spread out and it's like just i i don't know if is that going to do any like good service to the industry to have it that way like or does it really just change the focus on the event itself to the individual developers. Is it good? And like, I feel like there are going to be a lot of developers that are missed in all of this mess. You know, I don't know. I think it's, uh, it's just really like, it's really hard to say. Cause for me, the way that I came across most of the stuff is that I was watching people like, giant bomb or the dudes who left giant bomb have started a thing called next lander. And then also the waypoint guys were all like talking over a bunch of these things. And that's how I consumed a lot of it. But it's not like I was like, that means that I watched like probably six hours worth of stuff, uh, with them talking over it. And I still didn't catch everything and neither did they. And so it's not like, um, it's really hard to say, like, it's nice that there are more platforms out there for people to show their stuff off. But like, I think the thing is, is that because we're in this half in half out world where people still deem E3 necessary, like it's really, really hard when everybody says, here's our hour long presentation and there's 30 of them in four days. And I think honestly, you, you've, you bringing up this point has made me understand why Sony does what they do and they don't bother showing up because it is. So much news all at once, and there's no way to keep up with everything. Now Sony in three weeks can say, hey, here's a state of play. Here's everything coming in the next couple of years. And they can show a bunch of stuff and be the only news that week. But like right now, you have this Xbox game conference. Ubisoft did one. There's a new Battlefield. There's like all of this stuff that gets announced all at once that like if it was all spread out throughout the year... And, like, Microsoft was like, hey, we've got March. Sony's like, all right, we're doing February. And Nintendo says, hey, we're doing, uh, you know, like, if it was just spaced out in a way that allowed the news cycle to focus on these things, I think it would really be okay. But when Jeff Keighley's standing there with, like, a fire hose and trying to shoot it at your mouth with a bunch of news, like, it's, it's not great. It's certainly right. not what E3 once was, where it was just like, here's three big press conferences, and there's a bunch of smaller news stories getting out, which was also difficult, but at least it was like a cohesive unit, whereas like we're going to keep getting these hour-long pressers for the next several weeks, and I'm like kind of checked out of all of them at this point, so I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Um, no, my so my stuff that I was excited for... Um, 
one of the big surprises uh, was Metroid Dread, which Nintendo has announced. Uh, they In their Direct, they very clearly were like, hey, we know you want Metroid Prime 4. Uh, we're still working on that, but here's a game that will be out this year called Metroid Dread, which was a long-time rumored title for a sequel to Metroid Fusion, uh, which last came out in like 2002 for the Game Boy Advance. Um, and this is supposedly like the final Metroid entry in the series, like whatever that maybe means, but like this is a new side scroller Metroid game for the switch. And that's awesome. I didn't think we would get that ever. And I'm so pumped that we are. Um, and so the game very much looks, it's being made by Mercury Steam, who are the people that did the Metroid 2 remake on the 3DS that I previously spoke about on this podcast many years ago. Um, and it looks like it plays very similarly. They've even brought the like parry mechanic that they made for that game in for that remake into this game. Um, and it looks like it's kind of, there's like this robot called Emmy that is like following Samus around and can only be defeated by like an overcharged weapon that you get like one ammo for every once in a while. So it's kind of like Mr. Xy in that way. Um, but I'm very excited for a new side scrolling Metroid and, uh, cannot wait. It's coming in October, which is cool. And the fact that I didn't know it existed until last week is awesome. So uh, bummed that Metroid Prime 4 is, is going to be something we're still waiting for, but super psyched to have a new side-scrolling Metroid, because that's where my true love for the Metroid series even came from. Yeah, it's impressive something like this wasn't leaked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Like, there's a lot There's a lot of, like, the weird thing is there's a lot of, like, honestly, like, the, the fact that, like, the Switch Pro wasn't announced the week beforehand, there were, like, so many people that were convinced it was going to get announced before E3. So that people could show off the Switch Pro stuff that they've been working on. Nothing. Dead silence. So, yeah. I don't know what's going on there. Um, there were a couple things in the Microsoft presser that were cool. There's a game called 12 Minutes, which is an indie title that is finally getting a release date of August 19th that I'm excited for. It's got some voice talent from James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe. But it's a game that focuses on these 12-minute loops, and you keep kind of learning more about the situation and there's some weird stuff going on and I've wanted to check it out for a long time. So that's cool. But also in the Microsoft presser, which I did not expect to see was the, some trailers, a trailer for Iuiden Chronicle, which I don't know if I ever talked about this, but this is coming from the creators of Suikoden, which is one of my favorite games that I have spoken about before on this podcast. Um, and they're making this new game, but they also, they announced that it's getting pushed to 2023, but they are launching a spinoff game in 2022, um, called Yuiden <laughs> Chronicles Rising, which looks like a side-scrolling action game, um, that looked pretty cool. Um, but I was like, why is this in the Microsoft presser? <laughs> and I think it's mostly because they're like, we need to get the... Japan audience excited about our console at some point. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this game. It looks really cool. The art style, they're doing that like 2.5D from Project Octopath or Octopath Traveler. Yeah, it's cool. Um, cool. So I'm excited for that. And I mean, then, that is um, like, that was the battle system from Suikoden. Was like 2.5D, sort of. Yeah, Iso yeah. Isometric 2.5D. 
Sprite, yeah, sprites on like a sprites on, like on a, a 3D background, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then finally, they uh, Ubisoft did the full kind of like gameplay deep dive of uh, Rainbow Six Extraction, which is the retitled Rainbow Six Quarantine. Um, and the game looks really cool. I haven't played through that event, so I don't know how similar it really is to that stuff, but it looks like they've built it out in a way and that it's kind of like a roguelike game because if you wipe on a mission, then like you, you might lose access to that operator and the gear that you took on that mission. I don't know if you guys heard about that. Yeah. But, um, and you'll also be doing missions to recover other operators that you can use. Um, so I don't know, it just sounds cool and it looks like a fun, uh, another fun way to use like the rainbow six operators that they've put a lot of work into over the last six years. And I mean, they've updated the engine like a shitload from the looks of it. Like it looks really good. Yeah, it does look very good. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and for my kind of disappointment, the only thing that I'm disappointed in, even though I just said that I like, I understand it now. I, want to know what sony's got going on (laughs) like sony not being at e3 is a bummer and um but but it makes sense like they they want to have their own news cycle and i get it um so hopefully we hear from them soon but it's it's just i miss those days of like all right press conference to watch on on uh, Sunday night, here's one to watch on Monday night, and then, you know, Nintendo's going Tuesday morning, and then E3 actually starts on the show floor or whatever. And, like, that was that was always good, but I, I know that we're moving away from that. So, I get it, but doesn't mean I can't miss the uh, the days of having, like, three huge press conferences right next to each other. So, yeah, that's E3. There's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to look missed. at. Definitely look up the the trailers and things. The mm-hmm. the Microsoft uh, conference was really good. Yes. Like, really good. That's definitely one I think if you love video games, you should give that a go around because uh, it was very enjoyable. Well, and one thing that we didn't specifically mention that I meant to say is that 27 of the 30 games in that presser are on Game Pass day one. Mm-hmm. And that includes, like, some of the third-party stuff that they showed. Like, Back for Blood is going to be on yeah. there day one. Even though it's not a Microsoft first-party game, when it comes out this October, it's going to be on Game Pass. And that means that I can play it, like, without any additional purchase. And that's insane. I mean, it must be working because I'm pretty sure I just read today that Microsoft is, like, the second company in the world to become worth a trillion dollars or something like that. <laughs> like, a tr- trillion-dollar valuation or whatever. Like... Amazon being the first. Well, and it's, it's hard to know with Microsoft because their product base is so diverse with like Windows and all that type of stuff. But um and obviously and like the Azure cloud computing crap. But making Call of Duty headsets for the United States military. Yeah. But um it they're clearly doing interesting things in the gaming arena and pushing the envelope more than anybody else. So, yep. uh, cool, cool to see their stuff. And, and honestly, like, I don't know. It's, it, I, I, it, I honestly feel like Sony like doesn't bother showing up anymore. And it's really weird, even though like they do their state of play things. Um, there's so many reasons why I wish that I wanted to own an Xbox. Like I want one, I guess. Right. But I don't feel like it makes any sense because I have this PC that can play all that stuff. 
Yeah, but when they release exclusive tunic demos, like yeah, but like a tunic demo isn't it? But what, I, what, what I'm getting at with that is that at what point are they like, okay, this this game is purely exclusive through Game Pass on the console. You can't play it on PC. There's nothing stopping them from doing that. But I feel like if they were to go back on that promise, like, you know, it's not... I could see it happening for something like Tunic. Like, if Tunic is I mean, did, Game is there, Pass console only and will be out on Steam on PC, I get it. I mean, did they actually promise that, like, every game coming out for Xbox will also be available on PC? Like, was that, like, a promise promise? Because, like... The only time that they have broken that promise was Flight Sim, and I think that was a technical issue because now it's coming to Xbox. Yeah, it's coming Series to X. Xbox, right? I just so I, I can't. It's not out of the realm of possibility for them to be like, "This is console only." Sorry, and, it's totally and something that use could it happen. as use it as a way to push console sales, and maybe they're not doing it now because they know people can't get their hands on the damn consoles, like. That could be it, but it's also, that would be counter to everything that they've been preaching of, like, we don't care where you play, we just want you to play our games. And that's what they've been preaching since Game Pass started and became a thing on both console and PC. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, we, we should say Starfield was announced for uh, November 11th, 2022, and is confirmed to be PC and Xbox exclusive. It will not be coming to PS5. And then, um, you know, there were some news stories that cropped up about, like, Bethesda's being non-committal about saying Xbox, uh, Elder Scrolls 6 is going to be uh, Xbox exclusive. But, like, I don't... I feel like there's no page unturned here. Like, if Starfield is not on PlayStation, Elder Scrolls isn't going to be either. That's some, so, that's some big dick energy, man. It, yeah, and you know they they paid for it. This is what they get, absolutely. And it, you know it doesn't bother me too much because I have a PC. But like, I know there's a lot of people out there that'll be disappointed if they can't play the sequel to Skyrim on the new PlayStation that they just bought. Um, so we'll have to see. I mean, they shouldn't count on that anyway because it's going to be out in like 2037, and there's going to be four PlayStations out before then. But and at that point, like Cyberpunk will be fixed, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we may, we may not need a Starfield, you know. Yeah, when so you get true. Cyberpunk 2077, 2037 With version, space travel added. Yeah. So, anyways, I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. If you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, Chris K, and Alan K for their contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests. We are going to record one right after we finish recording this episode and you in the Patreon will get it the next day. If you are not in the Patreon, you will get it in our off week. Uh, so think about joining Patreon for that extra bonus there. And as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can subscribe on our Twitch using your free Prime subscription that Amazon so graciously gives you. And you can give it to us. And we get some money from it, which is pretty cool. And it doesn't cost you anything except for your normal Amazon Prime subscription. So beyond that, I don't know what we're going to talk about next time. 
I say this um, every episode. Yeah, there's uh, Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance just came out. Yes, yesterday. Oh, yeah. I want to play. I today. did I actually install today. that, and I yeah. I played the tutorial, and that's it so far. Okay, is so it maybe? Does it seem sweet? It's pretty cool. I'm really irritated. It's making me play in like a pillar boxed format. It doesn't support ultra wide. Oh, my ultra wide doesn't support. Oh, my monitor is too big. It's fine though. Oh. It plays. It plays well. It, it looks decent. <laughs> That's good. Um, and then Mario Golf is out on Friday. Oh, I forgot about Mario Ooh. Golf. Mario Golf Super Super Rush is coming. Oh, so, I, I might um, have to go. You know play with that game in person to give you guys the gratification of me losing terribly at a golf game. Oh yeah. man. So we have some options and we'll see, uh, we'll see what we end up picking up. But yeah, if you, if anybody out there thinks we missed out and would like to hear our thoughts on something in particular with E3, please feel free to email us at or the join the Patreon for $5 a month and you get access to our private discord server where you can talk to us in real time. Yes think about Please it alright thanks everybody for joining us this time we'll see you next time peace seemed pretty close closer than ever before I you want to do another I, one i didn't clap very loud though let's do 40 <laughs> so start with the hands apart <laughs> jesus let's do 50 <laughs> make the sound at 50 i think that was pretty good sure yep that hurt my hand. We're going to do another one. Then we're going to do another one. We're going to do them the same times we would do beep 30s anyway. So have it. Ah. Keep that in mind. All right. Time dot is one more time. Okay. Let's I'm there. call it uh, 34. Why'd that seem so far off? Because <laughs> it's Brian. I hesitated. <laughs> 55, ready? Get ready. On oh the five. Damn it. Are you kidding me? It takes a fucking half second to put my hands together? That one seemed better than the, the one before it. Yeah, I think it was Like, hard. the one before it was like... I was early, according to mine. The one before time. it was like you were trying to turn on your lights, you fucking old man. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I heard, I heard, Brian, I heard that last one the same time that I, so there might have been, I don't know, we're both on fiber. Sure, whatever, fine. it's fine. The last one seemed better, so we'll yeah. just go with Stopping that. It. I'm going to stop Stopping recording. It. Yep, me too.